up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 68th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. As always, I am super excited about today's episode. The season finale of The Walking Dead is this Sunday. My co-host, EJ Moreno, and I are going to debate the merits of TV versus comic book. Also, who will survive the finale? And could you ever replace Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes? EJ, thank you so much for joining me again on the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. Yes, thank you for having me back. Last time was very fun discussing Batman Superman, and now we get to talk about something else this time. It's awesome. Thank you. The weekly podcast is is a great format because so many good things happen. Uh, you know, like we talked about Batman vs. Superman, and then we had the whole weekend that that happened. Uh, it made a shit ton of money. Totally polarized audiences uh, oh, and yeah. critics. And it's, I put this parallel out, and, and I apologize because I know that you like the film, so I'm not putting you in this, but the people that defend Zack Snyder's Superman have a parallel to Trump supporters. And I put that out on the web. It seems insane. Like I've been yelled at by so many people that likes that like Zack Snyder, Superman. And I feel like that's not Superman doesn't go around yelling at people. So his fans shouldn't. So I, I feel like they, they kind of validate my opinion when they get, when I get yelled at, when you're like, Oh, you're stuck in the Christopher Reeve past and all this other stuff. And you just want like jokes and happy go lucky. And, and good stuff, and I'm like, no, no, it's it's just Superman's just supposed to be a Boy Scout. That's what he does. He's supposed to be the good guy. Yeah, I think uh, we definitely got to see like bits of that, but they were <laughs> complete like montage style. We got to see him saving people, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, but we never actually got to uh, see him enjoy doing it. And I will say the I I agree that he is not a uh, a typical Superman, but he is a very great. He had a very great line when he just told. Batman, he was just going to kill him. And I just, I know that's completely against Superman, but I just loved seeing him be like, look, I know I'm amazing. I will snap your neck and then I can, I can do it. But yes, yeah, I know. He, the supporters are getting a little crazy. Look, I, I get it was polarizing, but it, we have to admit there is flaws. Have you had any interactions with fans or seen any comments that have kind of stuck out to you? Let's see. Well, definitely being a, Critic gets me a lot of uh, flack, but now I actually got a lot of positivity for trying to show both sides. I, I know it wasn't a uh, great movie, but I do love it. And I get to, uh, I definitely got to have a lot of appreciation for 
trying to look at it down the middle and fair. I don't particularly love Marvel movies, but I don't particularly love all DC movies. So I'm kind of in this like awkward middle, like, look, I can look at it fairly. And I think uh, I, people recognize that. So I got, you know, I think that's the best fan interactions I've had. Did you see the Supergirl Flash crossover on Monday? Yes, I actually uh, just posted an article how I think that episode is going to lead to crazier things in the future. I really, really enjoyed it because I'm not a big fan of the Supergirl show. I never watched it before that. I just knew about it. I knew it was okay and it was uh, going to do well. But this one, I it sold me on the show. It showed sold me on what Flash Supergirl can be if we do more crossovers and build a little mini Justice League. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I loved it. As the overall plot of it, I thought it was really hokey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it kind of fleshed out. I, I really don't think the Flash even needed to be there for the episode to kind of work. No, absolutely not. But, but, but. <laughs> the interactions between Flash and Supergirl were amazing. I just love that the dialogue that was going on and the conversations between the side characters and Jimmy Olsen and and how it all flowed together. And I was like, oh, I just had a smile on my face for the whole episode. I was just enjoying it. And that's the reason why I, I'm i just a giant fan of the CW Flash show. Because I think oh, Grant exactly. Gunderson does an amazing job at the Flash and, and what they do with that show. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I don't watch Gotham. Because Gotham is such a kind of like a darker kind of. I wouldn't, yeah, say, I wouldn't say it's grittier. I don't. I like Flash a lot, but I definitely don't watch Arrow. So it's I something about the Flash is so magical, and I I felt that with Supergirl. Actually, I felt like I was watching Flash, like an episode of his show, and I think that's what really, really sold me on it. Yeah, there's there's something like you said. There's something magical about the Flash. I don't I don't know what it is. I can't put words to it. But I watch the other shows, and I'm like, because I I tried to watch the Arrow, and I watched two seasons of the Arrow. And I was like, okay, this is decent. It's okay. But then when the flash came on, I was like, oh my God, this is, it just puts a smile on my face. I'm like excited for Tuesday when that show comes on. And, and that's, that's for me, that's what being a superhero film is for me. And I I agree. I agree. And I I know that, I know that there's more, I've read more challenging. I've read more, uh, I've read more challenging uh, superhero takes. I've watched more challenging superhero takes but what i enjoy is what i what i enjoy and and that's in the flash is what i enjoy absolutely um i think it handles the uh intense drama because i just rewatched uh season one i was showing it to uh my mother actually she really was kind of into that kind of thing and she and getting to rewatch it i'm like their dark moments that happened in season one are just handled so wonderfully with the light episodes i just there it's magical i really and i think that maybe needs to translate to Supergirl if it really wants to sell me on that. So uh, I really want to see way more of uh, this happening in the future. Right. And you bring up a good point. Like the flash, the show has some super intense, dark moments. His mom was killed Mm -hmm. in front of him. His Mm -hmm. dad's wrongly imprisoned, you know, but he has this like support group that kind of picks him up but then he still goes back and tries to save his mom and he can't. And there's all these like, you know, he can save his dad, but he doesn't like it's, Mm -hmm. it tugs on so many different levels yet, you know, on, on a like dark tone yet it still has a brevity and puts a smile on my face. And so I feel like the show has the dark gritty elements yet 
it it still balances it well. So I mean, that could be the magic formula. It's what I think everyone wants the DC movies to be, and I definitely see it. Um, but I, I that's what I think I love about the Flash. It's 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 one in its own now. There is nothing like what that show can do, and I say keep doing what you're doing, man. Okay, let's transition from the happy go lucky Flash. Oh yeah, into the the dark and very sad universe of The Walking Dead because this weekend we have the season finale of season six of The Walking Dead. I still can't believe that we're six years into this show and it still carries the weight that it does. It still carries the audience that it does. They're and getting they're getting more rabid. The, the audience is going crazy more and more from season one to season six. It's getting, it's what we're talking about that, uh, those Trump supporter fans. It's, they're getting crazy and I love it. <laughs> This is one of the bigger moments in the Walking Dead universe where we've already had the governor show up. We've had Terminus. We've had some villains show up in the past. But this is supposed to be the The ultimate villain villain of the Walking Dead universe and Negan showing up. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to happen? Everything. (laughs) I think this is going to... uh... I can compa- I feel like I'm going to compare it to uh, Batman v Superman. I think we're going to throw so much into that 90-minute finale from Negan to what's going to be happening in Season 7. It, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I think that Negan introduction has been much hyped from... It started in Season... I mean, in Episode 6 this season. We got to hear one reference to I'm not kneeling to him. And from there, we've just built beautifully and beautifully to this Negan premiere. And I think they've handled it so wonderfully. This is the problem with these type of shows is because since there already is a book out there, I've read the book, so I kind of know what's going to happen. I know they change things up a little bit. Yeah. Game of Thrones is kind of the same thing where they've kind of changed it up, but the book's are already out there. So there's a certain group of fans that kind of know where the story's going, and then there's a certain group of fans that have no clue. Like for me, I have no clue in Game of Thrones how's it, how it's going to go. Yeah, so absolutely. I was completely shocked that first season. Like, oh, my God, what happened? Uh, did have you read the comic books or have are you uh just you just watched the show? Um, I with anything and I'm a pop culture fan, so I don't read the comics, but I know what's going to happen. I'd love to know what you know. I I just I read up on everything. I'm a research based person, so I, as if I don't read the comics, I've read a little bit various here and there. I picked up, but not a religious like reader of it. But even I feel the same way with the show. Until this season, I was always hit or miss with, you know, loved one season, hated one season, loved one season, hated one season. And this one, I'm like, can we get more of this? If we can keep this level, we will sell me very well. The problem with the books for me Mm -hmm. is they've kind of ruined the show for me because there's thematic elements in every chapter of the book, whether it's an Alfred Hitchcock tone or a horror tone or I'm trying to think of the different tones that they've gone with, whether it's a Western Robert Kirkman has done a a really good job of taking a zombie book and then just like, okay, I want the next seven issues to have a Western tone to it. And then he writes this a Western in the zombie universe with Rick and characters and, and puts it together. The problem that I have is, is the show I don't feel brings out the thematic elements of the book. Well, like Terminus where they were cannibals 
this was supposed to be a very scary episode. I think they did some real, I think they did some good things with it because it was Bob. Bob was the one they were eating Bob. That was the one that was in the book. It was Herschel. Uh, and I, I still feel like I'm trying to figure out the words for it, but like when Rick and crew go kill the people at terminus, it's like savage. And it's, it's a major turning point in the characters. And I, I wonder if that's the, that's the issue with comic books to TV is people like the characters on TV differently. I think because in the comic books, I like Rick. I, I, you know, Rick's a great guy, but I've seen him go from like naive guy to super captain America type guy to evil guy, Mm -hmm. then turn back and find his humanity again. And then Negan shows up and I don't really want to spoil anything else for anybody else, but I mean, like it's, I don't think you get this or they haven't handled it well. Like the changing formation of Rick and his attitude and how he's gone through these different transformations or am I wrong? No, um, I don't, I think I agree with everything you've said from they, the show has a, I don't want to say one note to it because it's, it's not bad at all, but it does have this, it's been the same thing. And I, I think I've missed, changing what we can do for genres and tone. And I think that translates to why we haven't changed Rick. I think Rick's been, he's just kind of gotten crazy and now he shaved his beard and he's less crazy. That's kind of the extent to how much we've really changed him. Because I, I, again, I remember reading in the book when they go to Alexandria, I'm reading it and I'm like, where's this story going? And I'm getting a few issues in and I'm like, wait a second, Rick and his crew are the bad guys of this series. Absolutely. They're messing everything up and they're ruining something that was perfect. And I'm like, oh my God, this is brilliant, you know, writing. Because the whole time you're like just surviving the zombie apocalypse, going through these different things. You just survived the governor and you're running around. You got yeah, this, uh, you know, the uh, cannibals eat, trying to eat you. And then you get to find this like safe haven and then you become the bad guys and ruin it. And I, again, like, I don't feel like that there's those, that cinematic twists haven't popped in. No, not at all. It's been fairly watered down for what they can do. I feel, I, I sensed it because, you know, you see them in the TV show and they all get there and they just look like they look dirtier compared to everybody else. They don't fit in and they look, they seem like villains, but that hasn't translated. And I don't think the, uh, the creators of the show really wanted to go that far. I think it, it is a very polarizing thing we can do which I think has been a problem with the show is it hasn't gone the, the full Monty, basically. They just won't go that extra distance. They can't make it that much more like the comics. But in season two, they go and kill Carol's zombie daughter. And that's where I was like, oh, that's where I was like, okay, if they were going to pull any punches, yeah, killing kid zombies, that's where I thought they were going to stop. But they went right through it. So they teased you with it and then maybe they've pulled back the reins. And I know that creative direction has changed over the six years. And I know that uh, yeah. things change and sometimes things get stale and you, you need to fire some people and bring in some new talent to, to liven it up and everything. Uh, do you think Jeffrey Dean Morgan will be that catalyst to kind of liven the show up? Yeah, I think this, I think it started with this season. I think the, the filmmaking changed. I think they started doing more, Direction heavy movie, you know, they felt like movies. Some of the episodes, I really, I think all the favorite of this one was the John Carroll Lynch one. And I think we're just going to see this growing and growing and this Negan introduction is going to throw the show into a whole different direction. And I think that's, what's going to help if we 
kills some characters. And I don't mean some side character that we introduced in season three. I mean, season one originals, they need to go. The show just needs a, uh, it needs a makeover. It, so the, you think the show needs a makeover. Uh, the people that are on the, on the, uh, at the guillotine, I think are, you have Glenn, you have Daryl, you have Maggie. Those three right now are, are if if you're in Vegas, those are odds on favorites uh, to bite the big one in this season finale. Uh, the biggest rumor, and everybody's been pushing, not pushing for it, but that that Daryl Dixon's going to get killed. Norman Reedus, he uh, sounds like he's got a new show starting up, and and he's probably done. He was not in the comic books. I would yeah. be really upset if if Norman Reedus is no longer in the series because I think he brings he brings a really good aspect to the show. He he. He became the face of the show. I don't know how he did it. I don't, and I, that's what I feel bad for the Rick character is I think, that, you know, I just saw who's going to be at Tampa Comic-Con, Norman Reedus. His face is all over posters. I really think without him, it would kind of just not feel the same. Uh, I love that last episode. You know, I don't know how much we can get into it, but we had a fate, you know, his fate was kind of left ambiguous for the audience. And I love that online people became CSI's man. We were analyzing, we were doing the blood splatter analysis. I think he got shot in the shoulder. No, he was shot in the head. It's a, it's, it's crazy. And that's the show would miss that if he was gone. And that right there, that, that, that's for me, I'm becoming the super film critic. I don't know why I, I, you know, this is the part of the job that kind of annoys me because I want to sit back and enjoy the walking dead. But as, as a critic of the show of, of, of the medium, all they had to do was like cut the black, then shoot the gun, and then everybody would have shit their pants. Yeah, absolutely. But instead, they tried to be cutesy and and shoot him in the arm and give him a blood splatter. And you can honestly see like the guy holding the Dwight holding the gun. You're like, I right, Dwight, you're not even aiming for the center of him. Like you're not even trying to like shoot him. But if he if he like showed up, you know, holding the gun dead center, cut the black, you heard bam, and then like, oh, he'll survive. Like well, then, yeah. then we, you would have been like Rosita died too. You know, if, I think that cutting to black would have done so much more. When did Rosita die? No, no, we could have felt that <laughs> way if we would have cut to black. That gunshot could have meant anything, and I think that's what we kind of, you know, what you said. It it kind of took a hokey turn where we're like, we know what's happening now, right? And, and then that kind of plays into the like, okay, well, if they're gonna torture, and this is this is where I get really annoyed with the show. But if you're gonna torture Daryl. Well, maybe he's going to survive. And then that brings me back to the whole Beth arc where like, oh, she got captured. Then she got taken away. Then she got away and blah, blah. And then she died. And I was like, what was the point of that whole entire year of Beth being on the run? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You just kind of like just wasted an opportunity there for something. Yeah, like the whole point was like, okay, everybody's going to go find Beth. Let's go get Beth. Let's go get Beth. And then we go get Beth and she's dead. And I'm like. Uh, we maybe we shouldn't have had to go get Beth. I mean, like it was. Um, now you got Daryl, and I'm like, okay, he's kind of injured. What's going to happen? Is he going to survive? He's not going to survive. Uh, and you know, and the, the way they've handled these before, uh, you know, he could be alive, or they could kill him next week. And then now there's this new rumor that they're going to leave this season on a major cliffhanger where you don't know who gets whacked and you're going to have to wait all the way till October of this year to find out who it is. And- I, hope, I hope they do that. I think, uh, I don't think many shows really do that anymore. I think 
a lot of people want a clean cut answer. We want to know what happens done. And I think that I think especially with the internet based culture, let's do some let's do some mystery. Let's have people for months going crazy. Let's have them analyzing everything like they do already. And I think I think that would be the best way to handle it is just have Negan's introduction, but don't show who who he kills until the premiere. So you're in favor of this. I am totally. I think that's it's a it's a ballsy move. And we that show doesn't do ballsy moves. You know, we just mentioned it with Daryl. They, we basically saw what's happening. Glenn, even I think that whole Glenn mystery that we had this season, it was pretty obvious he wasn't dead there. Um, so I think this move would be the first time they do something like, here we go, we're doing something definitive, take it. Do you think in this Netflix binge watching culture, this can survive, or do you think there'll be a backlash? Um, well, there's a backlash for everything, you know, it's, it just kind of comes with it. We do get a, you know, we get a major positive and major negative for everything. So yeah, I think there will be, but who cares? Let the filmmakers and the the creators do what they want to do. They're just going to make it and we have to take it (laughs) in the, in the, in the most way we're just going to have to deal with it. And I like that. I think I really, really hope they do something like this. Oh man, I would. I'm going to be so angry. I, I'm a completist. No, I, I, I you would be angry. I think that's awesome that you would feel that way. <laughs> it's not, it's not that it's anger of what they did. It's the yeah. fact that like, I'm going to have to wait forever. Yeah. And, I, and I by forever, it. I mean, what are we, five months, six months? Yeah, and I, that definitely says a lot about our culture with uh, we, us being impatient. But no, I, I love that. I think especially as a filmmaker myself, I, I love that sense of mystery. I love that feeling that you have right now. You're like, I have to wait. And that really doesn't happen anymore. And I really, I'm really excited for that. I really do hope. I, and I hope they don't kind of cop out and we see the back of someone's head and we're like, well, it's, you know, it's not Michonne because there's no dreads or it's not this person. You know, I really hope we get a nice hard cut to black. No, you know, nothing. We, we have to wait. I think the reason why I'd be upset is because it's been spoiled for me. That the rumor, yeah, the rumors yeah. come out that like, oh, it's going to be an ambiguous ending. If I was watching it live, mm-hmm. and then I was like, boom, I'd be like, oh my god, what just yeah. happened? Oh my god, like, but now, like, I'm already having that emotion now, mm-hmm. and I'm just now need to see it from the filmmaking point of view, and I'm like, okay, it's more, you know, I I don't know what the point of view is when you already know the ending of it, kind of thing when you walk into it. Uh, I'm hoping it's hard. that it's yeah, hard. it's a hard feeling, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just imagine if you, you know, you walked into Star Wars, uh, knowing that Han Solo was going to get killed. <laughs> well, if no one knew, they knew now. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, no, I feel yeah, like it's on DVD now. I mean, I can start talking. I, 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 I can know, finally I start talking about Star Wars. Yeah, I know. But it's the whole culture. It is what what's too soon, basically. But no, I agree. I think I think that's the problem with being a fan of pop culture, but also being a fan of watching things is we don't we know everything that's going to happen and then we have to like kind of sit and watch it happen as opposed to getting that mystery and that sense of things. And that's what I really hope we can kind of get back to that. Yeah. Cause because, um, or going back to my viewing experience with star Wars, the force awakens, I remember going through that film and getting about three quarters away in the, into the film. And I'm like, I've got a bad feeling about this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, they're going to do what I think they're going to do. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, Han, get the fuck off the catwalk. Like, do not go on the catwalk. Do it's, not talk to Kylo Ren. 
get away yeah. from him go <laughs> and it's like you just you you at that point in time you're like you know it's gonna happen but like it, there was a discovery while watching it of that happening and then you go through all that and you're like i was like why am i sweating why am i going through it? And i was like this is filmmaking that I enjoy. This is, you know, even even though I don't like the ending, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe J.J. Abrams did this to me. I can't stand him. I hate him, but I love him all at the same time. Yeah, uh, that, you know, and then on the opposite side, I don't think we did that with Batman v Superman. I think, you know, that has such a big, crazy ending to it. I'm not going to say anything. But and then it's like instantly, oh, well, here's what's happening. So, yeah, and I think I think The Force Awakens handled that very well. And I think we really need to bring what that feeling was back to things like walking dead where, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And it's, it sucks that, that we kind of spoil ourselves, but we're so hungry for knowledge that we're happily spoiling ourselves. Well, the good thing with the walking dead is they don't go verbatim the book. Yes. That's, and I wish they did that, you know, even more sometimes that now you, as someone who reads it, you're going to be like, I have no fucking idea what's happening right now. Right. And that's like, cause that's why we put it out. It was like, it's like Maggie, Glenn, Daryl, those are, you know, the people that are potentially, if you went to Vegas, were the guys, odds on favorites of getting whacked by Negan in the head, uh, which, you know, you've seen from the pictures and everybody's talked about it. So I apologize if I spoiled that for you guys. But this, that's the factor of The Walking Dead that I'm kind of like on my toes for. And it started, it started with Denise when she got killed, when they were walking and Daryl's like, I don't want to take the railroad. We don't want, we want to stick on the road. And I was like, yes, listen to Daryl. Daryl knows what he's talking about. And then when they come walking back, Daryl's like, oh, let's take the railroad. And I was like, Daryl, why are you breaking your rules, man? Like, you, like, these are sound rules that you've established to stay alive. And now, bam, Denise gets an arrow in the head and then everything starts unraveling from there. And, but that was when, when there were, every time they pick people out in the crowd, I'm sitting there like, don't get in the car. Don't leave Alexandria. Stay there. Because if you stay at Alexandria, I know that you're going to be alive. And so everybody who gets in a car and goes, oh, we got to go look for Carol or, you know, we got to go and get supplies or we got to go do this or whatever. And I was like, no, don't get in a car because if you get in a car, Negan's going to show up and there's a potential that you could die. So everybody that's in those cars, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like all nervous every time. So I was like, hey, I'll go do it. And I'm like, no, don't go do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's it's yeah, that that Denise scene was so intense because I don't think anyone really expected it and things like that, man. Like exactly what we were saying is more stuff like that and I think we the show can pick up to uh change even more like we were talking about before and start shifting and make season 7 something completely different than what we've seen from before and what we've like read in the comics. What character that if they got kicked, killed off, would you be really upset about? Um, I wrote an article about it that's been very hated on the internet. Is I think Michonne is someone that we've been building up as. I think she's personally going to get killed. Um, we know the Rick curse with the women he sleeps with. And she's such an important member, but killing her off would throw so much story. And we can build so much more with Carl and Rick. And, you know, what if it was one of Negan's boys? So then we have even more hate for Negan. But, yeah, so Michonne is that one character that I don't want to see go, but I also know going would be very interesting. And The Walking Dead is now, this TV show is now infamous 
for killing off all the African American characters. So oh, absolutely, and, <laughs> and some of the gay characters. Well, they fall into this thing on the internet called the like the lesbian like TV curse, where they all die as well. <laughs> so I, I thought it's funny Denise dying, but yeah, that happens with the show a lot, and. Michonne falls into two categories, the African-American category and the Rick's girl category. So she's not helping herself out very much. I was, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised with the Rick Michonne relationship. It's just awesome. <laughs> the, the Rick's uh, girlfriend prior to that, uh, the Anderson family in the comic books that was played up a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so when they died, it there was more importance of it. Because Rick yeah. was like, in the comic books, Rick was like, listen, I got to save Carl. I really, if you guys don't want to come with me, you can get eaten by the zombies. And it's a very emotional, powerful thing. But you also see a change in Rick where he's like, listen, it's Carl. Carl's the only person that I need to worry about at this point in time. Everybody else is 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 an outlier. You know, if you're not part of yeah. this crew that's trying to protect Carl... And I'm sorry, in the comic books, there is no little ass kicker going around, uh, which, uh, but now you have Carl and you have little ass kicker. Uh, so that dynamic is a little bit changed from the comic books, but I'm trying to think, I lost my train of thought in that one. I was, <laughs> uh, no, but, we were talking about the Rick and Michonne. So I, I agree with you. I think uh, we didn't put that much impact on it. So it then ended up becoming just a segue for like a little warm up for what we're now getting with Rick and Michonne. And it didn't have that impact it had in the comics. And it kind of just felt wasted in the show. Right. Okay. So that's where I was going with it. Rick has this, you know, the Anderson family that he's trying to like make his own and work and everything like that. She gets killed off. But I was like, and then all of a sudden it's like Rick and Michonne are hanging out. And I was like, where did that development happen? Like, cause it went really quick from like Carl getting shot in the eye to Michonne shacking up with Rick. I was like, where did that happen in like the five episodes? Yeah, it, it kind of just felt like, you know, even if it was like a coping mechanism for both of them through the Carl tragedy because they're both so attached to him, we didn't see that. And I don't want to say it it wasn't earned and we didn't get to, uh, it, it's not deserved that we get to see this relationship because it's so awesome and I love seeing them, but it was lacking some of that, some of more explaining of why they're here. It's, it's kind of sad, actually, because I want to cheer for them more, but I'm also like, why am I cheering for you too? <laughs> But that was the, the the beginning stage of that relationship was that bad day episode where mm-hmm. Rick and and um, Norman Reedus, they're uh, Daryl, they're going after Jesus or Jesus, and yeah, then I think yeah, I think it's Jesus on the show and in the comic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Jesus or Jesus? I'm not sure. But well, you know. <laughs> uh, but then you have a show and they have their bad day at Alexandria, and then they come together and they're like, you know that. That sitting on the couch. I love when the show, because it's like this zombie post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic thing. But then they went into kind of like a little sitcom mode, sitting on the couch, and we're like, "How was your day? How was your day?" And then like you saw this intimate moment, and for me, like I thought that was one of the best episodes as far as just a filmmaking standpoint. Yeah, I think it. We it kind of uh, we were talking about the the comic sh- changing genres, and we got to see like a little rom com. We got to see some cute actual like heart and soul to it which we've seen relationships but they never had uh, that moment so yeah i really i really think that was probably one of the best parts of this whole season with this show because it, it's gonna still continue on and, and until ratings kind of end for it do you ever see a point in time or would you accept a point in time if they replaced characters as opposed to killing them off uh like a recast yes um 
Yeah, it's I, I just I grew up in the generation of like soap operas and stuff like that where they can recast a person the same episode, it feels like. And so I don't think it would be too horrible, but there is some characters that I think like Michonne's irreplaceable. I think like that core, like the you know, the originals are it's gonna be it's gonna be hard of an adjustment, but I think it could work. But I don't see it lasting like that. I think um for everything kind of has its end, unless this is gonna be the uh live action version of the Simpsons in the last 20 seasons. I could accept them recasting Rick. I could even accept them recasting Carl because I really don't like him as an actor. I really, for some reason, Carl for me, I just can't stand him as, you I know, think everything about the character, <laughs> the actor. I think we're all just like, why are you here, Carl? <laughs> and I'm sure he's a great kid and a great actor and everything's the fine, but there's, there's the just house. something about him that just, you know, I really, you know, don't really care. Uh, and this is where something will, this is where it'll change from comic book to film is Carl is growing up uh, because he has to, because he's a human. So it'll be interesting to see him become an adult on the show to where in the comic book, he's still relatively young going through his teenage angst and all that stuff uh, to where they just don't ha- are afforded that time in the real world. And I'm excited to see where that is. Cause that's where you can actually, if Carl gets, if say they recast Carl, uh, to somebody older or or a different character, and then Carl becomes the leader of the pack, and then Rick dies off, or however yeah. way you fade him out into history and stuff like that. Uh, I would be I'd be fine with that too. Uh, we can also do an infamous TV time jump, and I I want to say I felt like they do that in the comics somewhere, maybe not, but I think like a two year time jump would be so interesting because you know we can age Carl a little bit better on the show. You know, he can probably stop shaving the peach fuzz to stop looking 13. But yeah, I think I think that would be interesting of trying to do something like that and shifting the show in a dramatic sense. I think it, it has life to it. The, the, the creators just have to make sure they handle any dramatic change like that very, very well. Because there's also, you have Fear the Walking Dead. And at some point in time, they did say, I, I think, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I feel like they're going to connect the universes at some point in time which I think would be cool. Yeah, I think um, it would help Fear the Walking Dead. Not that it's doing bad, but I think having even more impact on the regular Walking Dead would help that show much more. And I think it would also help kind of what we were talking about still earlier is bring new life into the show that we have right now. Because if it's going to be little, still what the show is now, you know, we've plateaued at such a high thing. You know, we're very good on the show, but we need to go even higher. And stuff like mixing with Fear the Walking Dead changing up from the comics i think it would really help you don't like fear the walking dead i it's it's there <laughs> it exists <laughs> i'm happy it's there i think it's uh, far more based in the element of um horror films than i uh, than i think the walking dead is but just it just doesn't it just doesn't do it for me see for but me i think it, i think it could you know i think it's it's there but i want to see i think how, you know it could be helped even more with stuff like bringing in the walking dead characters for me, if we like throw off Daryl to that show. If Daryl wants to do, you know, not stay on the this crazy Walking Dead schedule and put him on Fear the Walking Dead, you know, it'd be a lighter schedule for him. He can only make make random appearances, stuff like that. I think could definitely work. For me, Fear the Walking Dead, I enjoy as just a viewer because I have no clue what's going to go on, like because yeah, I yeah, didn't read the comic book. So for me, I enjoyed it, and plus the first season i was like wait a second this is 28 days later i love that movie i love zombie movies like this was 
you know, the beginning of it and like people, I love when people are dumb. They're like, oh, it's just a human that has like rabies. Like, you know, like I, I love when people are dumb and they're like, no, no, that's a zombie. You need well, to run right now. I don't understand. Like in, in the, the lore of zombie, it's everything zombie. Do we not have Night of the Living Dead in that universe? Do zombies <laughs> not exist? Do we not instantly see a reanimated corpse and be like, well, it's the zombie apocalypse. It, we have this like, oh, I think they just have the rabies. No, they're zombies. And I, that's my, and I think, well, there's a character that did that in Fear the Walking Dead was basically like, they, I think it was the heroin addict or something. And he was basically like, are, are we not saying that these are zombies? And I think that was really cool. And I think that was something, one of those little high notes on that show I liked. I don't know who I like on Fear the Walking Dead yet. Uh, the heroin addict, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of him because he's kind of like the wild card. I'm like, I really need some drugs. So, but I know there's some zombies going on, but I will risk my life to get some drugs over zombies. For me, I like that, like, what would you do to get what you need? How crazy would you go? Because we we see it with, like, uh, with things that we need in Walking Dead, but then we see it in uh, stuff like Fear the Walking Dead, and it's how far would you go, but for heroin this time. That's that's, that's the L.A. LA zombie world. The L.A. zombie world, perfect. Uh, and do you want to make any predictions going into this weekend for Walking Dead? Um, yeah, I think uh, for sure we're going to get that big major cliffhanger. I think the episode's going to end if we don't know who's going to die. Um, I think we're going to get another death. I think what I've seen a lot is people are talking about one death. We get one death this season. I'm like, I don't, we have 90 minutes. Someone else is going. And I think we're going to have another major death. Nothing like a Glenn or a Carol or something, or Daryl, you know, that's a main character. But I do think we're going to get a pretty also impactful death. And I just think it's going to be a really great episode. I think this has the potential to really blow some minds and really set up a great thing for uh, next season, which we have things like the kingdom we can talk about and things that stuff like that, that I think we're hinting at already. So, yeah, I think this episode's going to be really important. That's my biggest prediction is it's going to be impactful. I will agree with you. I do think that there's going to be two deaths. I don't know who they are. Yeah. I, I'm praying it's not Daryl. I would I, even. Yeah, I don't, I I would, don't see I, it. Unless we're <laughs> going to leave it ambiguous, too. You know, we see. Because what if we kind of time jump and we don't see if he dies and we kind of go into the aftermath of his quote unquote death, you know, stuff like that. I think uh, that could be helpful, but no, I don't see him dying. This is where I become a horrible person because, like, I would sacrifice a pregnant Maggie to keep Daryl on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I think most people would, unfortunately. But I think Maggie has way more story to tell as well. You know, especially if you are a fan of the comics, she has way more things to do. So I don't really see her going either. But No, the evolution of her character is, is on an upward or upward mark right now. What started off as an amazing character in the beginning with Glenn has kind of just had diminishing returns. Like he was such a cool scavenger guy. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I'm in love. And then he kind of like falls out of the past five seasons with Glenn haven't been as cool. But that first yeah. season, I was like, oh, my God, Glenn's an awesome character. I can't wait to see what he's doing. That's why I don't think his death, you know, because that's the the bit most rumored one. And I think that's the one everyone's been harping on. And I don't think that's why that's going to be as impactful. I think everyone's kind of done with Glenn, especially after this whole is Glenn dead saga this season. And I think kind of just, I think Maggie kind of took over that. I think Maggie is the one that we're all like, let's see what you have to offer. Well, she already accepted his death earlier in the season with him being gone. 
Uh, there yeah, was so absolutely. much, you know, I mean, and, and even for us, like it's, it would, it kind of that cliffhanger, that whole saga that they tried to pull off, uh, cheapens it. If he is the one who I gets whacked, um, because you already saw him die and you already went through all that emotion and then you're like, Oh, I, we, it could be a whole nother Beth thing. Like, Oh, we finally get to save Beth and now she's dead. And we're like, Oh, well, why, why, you, you know, I mean, yeah, I, you wouldn't want to go down that road, but that's where it, 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 uh, it leads towards Daryl, which is like, damn it. You know, because that's the, that's, that's the guy. I think that's the guy who gives the show heart is, is Daryl. Yeah. And I think same thing when I predicted, I think Michonne has a good chance of going. And I think that's another one that gives that show a lot of heart and would affect the people far more than I think a Glenn death would. Um, and I think we also have the whole problem with Carol. I think we didn't really jump on her, but she's whacked. Like it is so funny that she's trying to be more humane and in so being more crazy. Um, so yeah, she's another big factor. I think that we have to watch out for what's going to happen with her. Yeah, no, Carol's storyline has been intriguing. Uh, it's it's lasted way longer than it ever did in the comic books. In the comic books, she falls in love with a zombie, and during in the prison in the prison and and how beautiful, how beautiful. And then she's like, "I love this guy," and then she makes out with him, and then the zombie kills him. That's like she kind of. Some people say that like she committed suicide by making out with the zombie. But I just saw in the comic books, I read it as her going down like this crazy path and yeah. it wasn't committing suicide. It was like, hey, I'm actually really in love with this person. I want to be attached to him or I want to, you know, I want physical contact with him. And then, bam, you're dead. And it was it was a weird that was a that was a Robert Kirkman weird moment. But that's what's awesome about The Walking Dead is you can parlay some really weird shit into this show. Yeah, that that comic is so campy and so ridiculous, but still being a very like serious and dark thing. And I think we can add more elements like that. It's it's a TV show. Jump the shark already. Like make that move that's going to polarize people because everyone's kind of complacent. And I think things like Carol making out with a zombie and that wonderful story of that would be, you know, <laughs> stuff like that would be fun and add a whole new element as well. Yeah, next week we'll talk about the direction that we think uh, yeah. season seven will go in. Uh, one more round of predictions. What do you think the drop off of Batman v Superman is going to be this week? Uh, as much as the haters are going to love it, it's going to be a, a decent drop off. But I plan on seeing it again this week. This time I'm going to go to the, the Mosey IMAX, which is you know one of the proper big, huge IMAXs, and see it in that. So you know, I think it's going to have a drop off, but not. It's not going to die. I definitely think it's going to have some life. I really hope it at least hits a billion. Um, as a fan of it and as something I think DC needs to make some money to like kind of beat that critical reaction. So uh, I think it would be a good weekend, but not not this last weekend that we just had. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to drop off as much as the haters think it's going to drop off. Uh, I, it's, it, from the viewers, it's gotten a decent review. I think it's got like a B and a score. You know, whatever even that means. Solid B plus. It's fine. You know, and I, I, as someone who I want it to be an A as much as I want it to be, it's a B. And I think that's, and I think the critics want it to be a Z. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think it'll have a huge, as much of a drop off as the haters are going to think. I don't, I, it'll be interesting to see how it does because this is, this is the week that Warner Brothers will make money off their film or not make money off their film. So that's why this is an important time uh, to see what the film does financially because they're supposed to start filming Justice League relatively soon. And who knows if they're going to pull directors or rewrites or anything. I mean, you're kind of 
that petition to get Zack Snyder off that movie on the internet. I'm like, really, guys? We're going to use that for change.org or whatever it is. I'm like, we have better things to do, people. Yes, America. We have better things to do with change.org. Uh, yeah, but I mean, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be really upset if he was taken off the film. Uh, I don't know who you'd bring in last second to bring in. I know everyone wants George Miller, but as you know, and I think especially with that junkie XL on the soundtrack and I feel like something like that would be really interesting, but it's, it's Zack Snyder's movies. You know, it's how I felt about Whedon for the first, you know, the first two Avengers is he made his movies. And people swallowed it and accepted it. Not, you know, not as much of that second one, but, you know, we all know that studio backing with that. But no, I think, uh, I think Zach, let them stay. It's, they're, the movies aren't that bad as we want them to be. They're not great, like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, but, you know, they're just, let, I hope the franchise has a little bit more life. And, you know, unless Zach can find a good replacement, I don't really see the need for him to go. EJ? Thank you, as always, for coming on the show. And I'm very excited to talk to you next week because so many crazy things are going to go on. We oh, got, well, we this got, finale of Walking Dead is Walk- going to be probably the talk of the town. You know, it's going to be that water cooler moment. And, yeah, I can't wait for next week. Are you going to be on social media during Walking Dead? Are you going to be chatting with people? I've been wanting to do a uh, like a live chat of that but i'm a uh, wrestling fan and wrestlemania is that evening so i don't know <laughs> which one's going to trump which you know because I, I can get spoiled on both because you know wrestling is still a quote unquote sport and you know i don't want to know who wins the end of that but at the same thing is what's going to happen on walking dead so yeah sunday's going to be very interesting for me i'm gonna have to like laptop open tv on trying to do all, everything at one time so you're going to try to watch Walking Dead and WrestleMania at the same time? Well, there's, you know, it's still wrestling. I can mute it and not. <laughs> I don't have to pay attention to every moment. But yeah, no, uh, we'll see how Sunday goes. And I'll be trying to tweet about it at my Twitter and maybe talking about it on Facebook as well. So yeah. What's that handle again? Uh, at EJ Christ. E-J-K-H-R-Y-S-T. Hi, EJ. You have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. I can't wait to talk next week. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. Thank you for clicking that button. Also, if you have a chance, rate our show on iTunes. If you have an Android device, listen to our show on Stitcher. There's also this great app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station in the world plus the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made this 68th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots a success. Special thanks to my co-host, EJ Moreno. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkeys Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Keep- 
huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.